Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Disney Dining Show. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week via Skype by Dreams Unlimited travel agent, Sean Falk. Hi. By associate editor on the Diz, Ms. Denny Sunderly. Hey there. And associate producer for the Diz Unplugged, Mr. Corey Piescanaro. Hey, everybody. And hidden away from people <laughs> is our producer, Craig Williams, just kind of lurking in the ether, controlling everything, like the Wizard of Oz. So, well, welcome, welcome to the show, everybody. I uh, hope your, uh, uh, your week is going, going well. Um, just a reminder, all of our shows are brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. If you enjoy our content and would like to help support us, um, as we try and navigate through uh, this uh, un- very unusual situation that we're in right now. Uh, please think about uh, booking your next vacation with Dreams, whether it's Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, um, Olani. Uh, we can do all of that, and uh, we would really appreciate the support. Uh, DreamsUnlimitedTravel.com. Um, so this week, um, Fiasco had the idea of talking about what we think buffet meals are going to look like once Disney World reopens. And I may be alone in this. I don't think we're going to see buffets for a while. And if we do, they're going to be they're going to be some kind of hybrid table service. There is no way, no way for Disney to implement social distancing guidelines on a buffet, even if they have cast members there, like literally putting food on your plate. I, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. What I, what I think, and we'll open this up to everybody, but uh, what I think you might see is something along the lines of a hybrid where everything on the buffet is on a menu and you tell the server what items you want and they're brought to the table. That's the only way that's I see that working. Yeah. Go ahead, then. Go ahead. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Well, I like I agree with you, Pete. I think it's going to be a while before the buffets come back online. I think they eventually will, but it'll be it'll be modified in some way. And I agree with your assertion that we'll have a menu. Um, I think it'll be, it it won't be a paper menu. It'll be something, I was reading a couple of articles um, uh, earlier and that suggested that paper menus might be a thing of the past, that uh, people will be be able to choose off of a digital screen what they'd like, that kind of thing, something that's got an antimicrobial surface to it. but I agree. I mean, you're right. You can't keep six feet away from a cast member who is handing you a plate of food. There's just only so long arms are. Um, well, not even. I'm not even thinking about the cast. Your distance mm-hmm. to the cast member. That's certainly an issue. I'm talking about the distance from the guy behind you on the buffet line. Yeah. Um, you know, how are you going to do a buffet line with a six foot distance? I don't see it. Um, no. Even if you're requiring masks, even if. You're doing all this other stuff. I just don't see any way. No, right, I'm thinking of the to make a comeback. No, the carved meat station at Boma. There's such a group that congregates there, waiting for their turn. I mean, it's happened on a couple of times that I've been there, and and uh, yeah, things like that just can't happen anymore. 
And I mean, so the thought process for uh, this concept um, for the show, we've get, gotten questions in almost every single live chat that we've done um, over the past month about what about buffets? What do you think is going to happen with buffets? And I just thought that was a really good question. Uh, and the ideas that you guys just proposed with having the waiter or waitress bring the food that you choose to you, um, that wasn't even what I thought of. But I think that is a really good solution. My thought process on this was they would have to change the buffets at things like Boma, at Crystal Palace, at Hollywood and Vine to be more like the all you care to enjoy plates that you get at Garden Grill and, and uh, Whispering Canyon, where there's a set skillet or a set plate like at Boma, they, they would have the, um, the, the sliced steak and they'd have all the different offerings on just an all you care to enjoy play. And then you could say, I want more steak. I want more potatoes. Um, but I, I don't know. I kind of like the, what I, you guys suggested a little bit more. I, I don't like, you know, you can, they can do it at Garden Grill because Garden Grill's always been this, that menu, right? It's always been that dish you get served. Breakfast, you know, lunch, dinner, the very set menu, um, serve family style. Boma, Tusker House, even Chef Mickey's. Think about the extraordinary number of options on that menu. And that's what people are used to on those buffets. Yeah. Um, it is going to, you know, if you go to Boma and they just lay down, you know, a family style, all you can eat plate that has five items on it. People are going to be like, oh, but where's the Babodi or <laughs> where's this or where's that? Right. And, um, you know, I, I think you're setting setting people up for disappointment uh, when you do that. What do you think, Sean? Um, so for whatever reason, I thought the topic was going to be what we would change about buffets and not what Disney's changing after COVID-19. So I was prepared with general changes to the buffets as a whole. So I would have said what we would change. That's what I thought. Um, so well, that's what I assume. That's what I assume Fiasco was talking about. Now, did I get that wrong? Did well, you mean no. after COVID-19 or what we would change in general? No, I mean like when the parks reopen, Buffets are okay. ultimately going to look different than gotcha. they looked than they looked the last time we were there, and okay. uh, kind of what we think that is going to look like. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, the first thing that pops in my head, I, ha I hadn't thought about it in that way. It didn't. I guess it just didn't register uh, with me in general that anything would change. With I didn't think about buffets. That wasn't my my go to. Um, it, it's it's about the appeal of them. I mean, take a place like Ocker Shoes. Ninety nine point nine percent of the people in Ocker Shoes are there for uh, characters. They want to be. They want to have meals with the princesses. Um, as are the majority of the buffets. I can only think of maybe one or two that are just a straight up character. But I mean, you know, that aren't a character buffet, and um, that really just opens a whole bigger thing. I mean, if I mean, Snow White is going to come around to my table and so are all the other characters. They're going to just spread it around anyway. So I might as well just have a buffet open and go get my food. So it's a thing of do you I don't know how character dining in general is going to be able to work. Um, and then it begs to think they're obviously they're not going to do it, but also who's going to pay $50 per head to go eat at Ocker Shoes 
That's when an interesting you can't point. Have the, when you can't have the characters. So that's it's the first thing that worked. popped in my head when we started talking about it, so I don't know. Well, I mean, a lot of the buffets are... It, it's hard to justify the price with the characters. Yeah. <laughs> they're not... They're not going to be able to do character meals. I think we're a good year away from seeing character meals again, to be honest with you. Um, but then it and, becomes a thing of, what about characters in general in the park? Like, am I going to stand in line and meet Belle? And then if there's no characters to meet, like, how does that affect people coming? Because a lot of people want to come because their child, you know, there is going to be problems with that. Because if this is my one trip I'm getting to take... Now that the parks are reopening, Disney's not going to refund me my money because they are open and available to come to. But if I get there and I can't take my kid to meet Minnie Mouse and that's their favorite character, what yeah. am I going to do? Like, I, to, Go ahead, Fiesca. To, to add to that point, like if I was Belle, like if I was the cast member, if I was Belle, do I want to meet a thousand different guests in a day right now? You know? Right. Well, I think also... Um, you know, one of the strategies, you know, that Disney has used in terms of crowd control has been raising prices. Um, that, you know, the biggest complaint they get is it's too crowded. And one of the only ways that they can really affect that is by raising the prices so that fewer people can afford to come. Mm -hmm. Um I think when these parks reopen, they might be in a situation. And this is just the business side of me thinking. They may be in a situation where they say, okay, we're only going to allow 10,000 people a day into the Magic Kingdom. The price of the tickets goes up. The price of food, merchandise, everything else goes up. And I think given the circumstances, they would end up getting so many people wanting to be one of those 10,000. Think about what they charge for four hours after, for an after hours party, mm -hmm. right? When, there's, when it's limited to maybe five, 10, 15,000 people, how much they get and how many people come back and say, oh my God, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. This may be the springboard into that. This may be a springboard for them into a business model where the prices go significantly higher. <clears throat> they limit the number of, of guests coming into the park um, and create, create a demand that forces the price up based on the market. You know, if you turn around and say, I'm only letting 10,000 people in today, people are going to fall all over themselves to be among that 10,000. Yeah. And well, I agree I agree with that, that they would, but that then that brings up the question of, like, you also have, like, 20 hotels to fill at the same time. And if you're only allowing a set number of – I mean, as far as a long-term business model, I, I would get it completely on the – the uh, the forward end because you've also got to remember they just furloughed like all the employees as all the cast members are furloughed or the majority of them and then they also aren't bringing down college you know uh, college program people for for whoever knows how long and a lot of their cast is college program people I mean that that makes up a lot of it so it becomes 
a ride safety issue at that point. I know from working at Big Thunder, we had to have a certain amount of people to man each station in some way. And um, I mean, if they just don't have the cast members to do that, there's going to be rides that won't be open. There'll be or they'll have to limit capacity of the parks or something on the front end. And this is also going to impact the restaurants as well. But go ahead, Denny. That's what I was about to say. This is um, they're going to have to limit how many people can come in and dine in a certain location at a certain time as well in a, in a particular seating um, to be able to maintain that proper social distancing. That's that's just what's done. I mean, I think back to um, everything that we've seen Disney Cruise Line do with their restaurants. You approach a restaurant, you are handed a wipe. And that crew member watches you to make sure you wipe your hands or you wash your hands if you're outside of cabanas before you proceed into the the, the location. Um, I think we're going to see that all over the place. It's going to be as contactless as possible. Um, there, uh, the the buffets where I'm going to grab the same set of tongs that that 30 other people just use. Those I think those days are gone. Um, for for quite some time. I mean, just looking at what's being done, like the Four Seasons in New York is actually open right now and is, um, but they're also allowing a lot of um, emergency medical professionals to stay there as they're helping to treat um, everybody in New York City. And they're having to shut down all of their food service. And the only thing that their big Breakfast buffet is now um, prepackaged single serving um, meals that you can pick up from a refrigerated case in the lobby. Like that's because that's what they can manage right now. Yeah. Um, So I think we're going to see Walt Disney World do the same kind of thing. Try to figure out how in the world to be able to um, feed everyone, feed them well and keep them happy. But Pete, like you said, what you were describing almost Uh sounds like. Uh, the Discovery Cove model, right? Where there are, it's almost a boutique experience. And there was only a a certain amount Mm -hmm. of people invited in for a day, but that also included your food for the day. Is that correct? That Mm -hmm. was like $200. Yeah. But you got a nice experience that you otherwise might not be able to in a very crowded theme park. So, and I think to that point as well, you go to most Walt Disney World restaurants right now. Uh, I'm particularly thinking about like basically almost all the restaurants in the World Showcase. The tables are very close together. Like where you're sitting at your table, you could basically take your arms, arms reach and touch another table on either side of you. I you're going to see that change, I would imagine, Um, just to like bring up one specific case uh, off the top of my head. Uh, Le Cellier, you go to Le Cellier, the tables are very, very close together. Um, I would assume probably a third of those tables might get pulled. So there's a lot more room in between the groups. Again, it's going to come down to what what the admission criteria into the parks is going to be. Um, They are going to have to go to extreme lengths to try and make sure every single person that goes through those turnstiles does not have coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think what we're going to see happen, um, not on the time frame that we saw with HIV, I pray, because it took years for, and again, I'm not equating COVID-19 with HIV, um, but 
what happened, they didn't, they weren't ever able to come up with a vaccine or a cure for HIV. But what they were able to come up with was a cocktail of medications that allowed people to live normally in spite of it. <clears throat> the problem with COVID-19, what, what really kills people is for those people who have, whose immune systems go into overdrive and start killing the healthy, healthy cells. Mm. So if they're able to come up with a cocktail, which I think they're on the verge of, honestly, that limits that or prevents that so that, yeah, you're getting really sick, but you won't die. Um, it may be looked at more like a flu at some point. Right now, the problem with it is, you know, we're looking in this country, I believe the mortality rate right now is 5.5%. Uh, the last thing I saw was 5.5%. Um, whereas the flu is 0.01%, I believe it is. Um, so, you know, if you can get the mortality rate of this down to where the flu is by how you manage the illness, then a lot of these a lot of the speculation changes because we don't, you know, like I said, a 0.01% mortality rate with the flu. We weren't social distancing, wearing masks. You know, people still die from it. A lot of people die from the flu, but we weren't doing any of that stuff. If they can get a treatment together for coronavirus, that, and you're going to see my dogs wrestling with each other. I, it's nothing I can do. Um, you know, that, that, that's, you know, depending on the treatments, depending on the admission criteria, that's ultimately what's going to determine what really happens at these restaurants. I think initially we're not going to see any kind of normalcy with dining at the parks. I think it's going to be quick service managed differently. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and some of it is going to be, well, I will say as far as what Fiasco was saying about the tables, um, before we had our actual lockdown, I mean, it had to have been early March, um, I did go eat at Panera Bread locally, and they had, they just had, like, things on tables where, like, just paper saying, like, this is closed, like, this table's closed, so they did have it where, like, my table was open, and then all the ones surrounding that were closed, and then they had tables open, and then a bunch closed, so they had uh, everyone kind of distanced out that way, so it may be similar to that, um, but it is also an issue of, you know, the kitchens for for people, I mean, no matter how sparsely packed they have the dining room, I mean, you it, even for quick service stuff, I mean, you go in uh, Casey's hot dogs or whatever on main street USA. And it's like Pope's in a Volkswagen in that place. Like they're yeah. behind the counter. I mean, they have like 15 or 20 people back there in like a really tiny area. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, people switch in and out. They're like, Oh, I'm using this, this register. And then I'm using this, so, you know, they, they, they switch out constantly with what they're doing. So it also becomes like cast member safety and, um, all those types of issues. So I don't, I don't know. Obviously we got way off the buffet track, but like right. there's, there's always so much, it, it all, it's all encompassing kind of. Um, but I, I thought about, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I thought about that too. And we talked about it a little bit uh, on previous like live shows and stuff um, that a lot of us are thinking that Disney is going to be doing a, a staggered opening. And I think, we're going to see that uh, with dining very much so where like the first day, the first day magic kingdom is open. 
I wouldn't be surprised if Casey's wasn't. And I wouldn't be surprised if certain things like that, those really tight, tightly packed dining type environments, they just did not open them the first day. Um, and, and, or you know, maybe if, if I think you're more likely to see those places go full mobile ordering. And that's the only way. Yes. You sure. mobile order and then there's a cast member that hands it to you outside exactly. um, mm-hmm. or something like that. I, it's the only way I can see it. Um no, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. And any location that it doesn't have the capability to handle mobile order, then then those are the ones that remain closed for now. But yeah, no, I think it's going to be it's going to be you pick up your order, or it's going to maybe be a limited menu of different prepackaged um, meals that they can offer you. I'm hoping. Um, I mean, everything with Magic Bands, as far as paying for your food, everything's got to be as contactless as possible. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm really hoping that even for annual pass holders, we'll be able to have our credit card on our Magic. And, and just roll. They're going to have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're yeah. going to have to because, Which, especially when they first open, when they first reopen, they're going to be relying on on annual pass holders yeah. because at that point, still a lot of people are going to be afraid to fly. So they're going to be relying a lot on locals and annual pass holders to go in. Yeah. We're going to be the guinea pigs. We're yeah. going to be the guinea pigs. And I, I, mean, I got to yeah. I got to speak from. That I know, like I get the staggered opening for sure, and you know, thinking about Disney Springs opening first, um, especially because most of those are third-party places. Um, so I completely get that. I, I've heard people guesstimate about like whether they're going to open all four parks at the same time or if they'll stagger those. That's going to get really tough because I mean, if people are planning their vacation and they're coming, and then you tell them, oh, only two of the parks are available that might change what they wanted to do at that point. So I think the main thing is Disney's going to have to create a very flexible cancellation policy. I mean, right now you can cancel based on stuff with COVID-19, but if it's September, things have reopened and they haven't reopened Epcot, I may not be interested in doing my vacation. Or it might be a thing of where if enough restaurants and enough activities that I wanted to do aren't going to be happening, which is fair for Disney to cancel them if they need to. But it also becomes this thing of like people shouldn't have to pay to go still if they've already paid for their vacation. Absolutely. If it's your once in a lifetime and half of the experiences you were hoping to have on that once in a lifetime trip aren't able to be accessed, I I totally get people wanting to wait. I've even done that with Disneyland. I mean, there was one time I was going to go out, fly out there to go to Disneyland and they had like Splash Mountain was closed for refurbishment. Um, And then they had a couple of other rides down as well. And um, well, it was closed for refurbishment. And then that was what it was. They were doing the uh, the overlay. So they had a Haunted Mansion closed to try and do the the Halloween overlay. And um, they also had Space Mountain closed because they were doing the Halloween. They were trying to make it into the Ghost Galaxy that they do. Um, So they had three major rides down. And that was a situation where I went. I didn't realize before I went that all three were going to be down. And sorry, that's my emails coming in. Um, I didn't realize they were going to be down. And I showed up and I was like, I'm pretty upset because it's not only are the rides I wanted to do closed, but also everyone has to be trying to get on Big Thunder Mountain. Everyone's trying. It limits the the crowd oh, spacing as well. We really have gone completely off 
of oh yeah, uh, of dining, buffets, yeah, um, or, or or of dining, of dining, <laughs> you know, no, let yeah. alone buffet. Um, but you know, I think to your point, Sean, um, you know, I, I had thought that Epcot would be a park they would absolutely open first because of the way it absorbs crowds. But some conversations I've had recently, um, the rumor is that they're going to keep Epcot closed um, in order to get as much done on the construction to make up for the lost time on construction before the uh, the, the 50th anniversary, um, that that might happen. Now you've taken, to bring this back to dining, now you've taken an enormous number of restaurants mm-hmm. um, out of the system. So these are now going to have to be absorbed by the other parks, which are going to be in phased openings, the other resorts, which are going to be in phased openings. So it really does remain to be seen how I, d- I do not envy the management at Walt Disney World right now trying yeah. to figure out how do we do this? Right. How do we do this responsibly? Like I said, you know, I, I feel like they have absolutely gone out of their way to place public safety ahead of their profits. Absolutely. Every every oh single goodness. decision that they have made in this process has made that the priority. Um, mm-hmm. So I have no reason to think that's going to change. But they think- are they are going to have to thread the needle. Yeah. Between reopening their parks because they are a company. They are a publicly traded company. They have to make Mm -hmm. money. They have to reopen their parks, but they've got to do it in a socially responsible way that protects every their cast members, their guests. It and when you think of the size of Walt Disney World, the number of moving pieces, Mm -hmm. you are talking about basically retooling an operation that has developed over 50 years. Mm-hmm. in the matter of months yeah. and that is that is mind-bending but go ahead, i was yeah. just telling my i was just telling my husband the other night i can't wait to find out what they're gonna do i can't wait to i'm excited to see what the, i don't envy just like you pete i don't envy them but i can't wait to find out how it's gonna happen and i yeah, think no matter yeah i think no matter how you slice it you're you're gonna end up seeing reduced availability at all these locations, certain locations may remain closed longer than others, uh, which would even reduce availability even more, making ADRs even harder to get, uh, making last minute reservations even harder to get. Uh, But on the same token, I think because of that, you will probably see, uh, even if it's minor, uh, a price jump on the menus as well, Um, because, you know, every... In, in times right now, everybody is hurting and, you know, Disney, Disney included with with all their cast members being furloughed and, you know, the parks not being open. No money's coming in um, when they do reopen with that reduced capacity, with that reduced availability and less money coming in even more. Menu items are probably going to become, even if it's just a little bit, they're going to become a little bit more expensive. That's on the table service side, the quick service side, the buffet side. I think we're going to see a slight increase across the board. Well, yeah, Disney, I, I, Disney, okay, yeah. Disney also has to uh, 
make sure to thread that needle as well of, I mean, they just had rebooked a ton of people on the promise of free dining. And a lot of people now have free dining that they didn't have. And so obviously those people are going to be going for ADRs. They may not have usually would have been trying to get because now their dining is free and they are going to feel bait and switched if there's not enough restaurants open at that point. I mean, if I rebooked my trip because it got canceled under this promise, I maybe could have just got my money back and kept it. And instead I let Disney have it again. They, and then they close all the restaurants that I wanted to go to. So like what value is there in it then? And I don't, they're going to have a lot of problems either way. So no matter which way they go, it's going to be all eyes on them. And I mean, nobody was looking at SeaWorld to figure out what they were going to do. So I will say this. You know. I, 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 I don't want to sound like a cheerleader or a fanboy. Um, do not, do not, do not underestimate Josh tomorrow. Do not underestimate Josh tomorrow. President of Walt Disney World. This, this is a special guy, okay? I've watched this guy work. I've seen him. He's unbelievable. Um, and I have a feeling, you know, I just have a feeling that Josh is going to pull a rabbit out of his hat um, and really pull off. I know whatever is done is going to be done responsibly. I know whatever is done is going to be done with the safety of the guests and the cast members in mind. I know it. I know it. I hope. I know. I hope. Um, <laughs> I really, really hope in three or four months, I don't have to come back on the show and go, I got that wrong. Um, <laughs> I really hope. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. And I think we're going to start seeing answers to some of these questions in about a month. In about a month, we're going to start seeing it really all. I, I think what they're waiting for right now is a, a, a sharper downturn in the number of new cases and a much wider availability of tests, of yeah. testing. Um, and it has th these parks will not open, will not. They will not be able to open until COVID-19 testing is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It's anybody who wants one. You don't have to be showing symptoms. It has to get to that level. It's the only way they're going to be able to truly control this. And the reason we're still on lockdown right now is because we don't have that. We don't have the level of testing we need. Not placing blame anywhere. But we don't. it's just a fact. We don't have the level of testing we need. Until it gets to a point where tests can be done on demand, for anyone who wants one, we're not going to have a handle on this. <clears throat> so I wouldn't be surprised if Disney isn't trying to develop their own COVID-19 testing <laughs> protocols. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't They've put got their own them. lab. <laughs> their own lab, their own doctors, their own scientists. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But it's going to be interesting to see. And I have a feeling in about a month, we're going to start getting some answers to some of these questions, but not much before then. So that it will do it for this week's episode of the 
we're going to call this the Di- Disney Dining Plus show because there was a <laughs> yeah. lot of other stuff in this show that had nothing to do with dining. But uh-huh. that will do it for this week's episode of the Disney Dining Show. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next week. Have a great week, folks.